Hi, we are doing a quick segment about Dark Mouse, The Climb and Other Tales, a project currently on Kickstarter that is going to end on May 5th. It is a wonderful story created by Nathaniel Osoyo, and he's poured a lot of love into this book. It is Dark Mouse, The Climb and Other Tales on Kickstarter. It's also under projects we love on Kickstarter, so usually on the front of the Kickstarter page. Congratulations to Nathaniel. Hello, all you sexy listeners. We have a huge announcement. For the first time ever, all the hosts of Yes, a Stripper podcast will be doing a live show on May 15th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our hosts will be doing performances, there will be guest interviews, and you'll get to ask questions live on the air with our hosts. Tickets are donation-based, and you can find them on yesastripperpodcast.com. Please join us for the first ever All Hopra's Extravaganza. Welcome to Yes Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll talk about how classifying ourselves as workers is dangerous to society and marginalized people. We will also talk about the climate in and out of the club and all of the amazing things that sex workers do and everything else in between. This is Daisy Ducati with Yes A Stripper Podcast. Hello and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. I am your host, Daisy Ducati, and I am here today with Reagan, who's going to tell us about the Los Angeles North Hollywood stripper strike that's going on right now as we speak. I'm really excited to get into it. As you all may know from previous episodes, I have a background with a dancer union working at the Lusty Lady, and I see a lot of similarities between the story at Star Garden in North Hollywood and what was going on at Molesty Lady in the 90s. And today we're going to learn a little bit about like what caused the dancers to strike. There were extreme safety violations and a lot of a lot of illegal things happening as well. So, we're going to dive right into it and I hope you enjoy this and learn from it and Support the North Hollywood stripper strike. So let's have a chat. Hey, welcome to Yes, a Stripper podcast. I am here with Reagan, and I'm very excited to introduce her to all of you. Reagan, why don't you say hello? Hi, so good to be here. My name is Reagan. I go by she, her pronouns. And yeah, this, uh, this is my my second time on the podcast, but my first time with you, Daisy. So I'm really excited. Yay. I'm really excited. So I really wanted to talk to you today about what's going on with the LA stripper strike. I come from a stripper union background. So this is something that's like particularly interesting to me from my days working at the Lusty Lady and uh, seeing you guys go through what started the Lusty Lady becoming a union and a co-op is really, really exciting for me in a way. Like, I'm sorry that you guys had to deal with the situation that you've dealt with, but it's exciting to see you guys coming together and fighting it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about like what's going on down there? Yeah. Oh, that is, first of all, that is so Awesome. I don't know. I I think I just completely missed that or I forgot or something that you were at the Lusty. Oh my God, my mind just blew. 
<laughs> obviously that, or I don't know if it's obvious or not, but that, yeah, the lusty lady is a huge source of inspiration for me and some other dancers involved in this. And, um, I've been to the lusty lady. I mean, before it was, it was unfortunately shuttered, but like, I, yeah, I, what I like, I've, I've been there and like, I loved it. So like, that is so cool that you worked there. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was magical. I really miss that place every single day. <laughs> I, know. I know. I feel like I missed my shot to be like a peep show dancer. Like it's such a dream, like stay behind the glass. I love the, I love the idea. Of I it. mean, there's peep shows in Vegas. They're not quite as magical as the lusty lady, but no place will ever be that magical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I believe that. I believe that. Yeah. So yeah, like fun fact, um, like the night before we were planning to do this action, it was the night before the dancers that um, were still employed at the club Star Garden. They were going to deliver the petition for a safer work environment. And, you know, there were just so many feelings and just like, oh, my God, like, I hope that this is going to like work out the way that we all hope and this is scary and this is like you know really like putting us in a very vulnerable position and what if you know like just like yeah just like thoughts and feelings about like the nervousness of it and so for inspiration and to kind of like um get my confidence back up like i i rewatched for probably like the fifth time or something i rewatched the documentary on the lusty lady yes it's so good it's so good and like it did exactly and then i like put it in the chat i was like all right if anyone's feeling like you need like a little boost of con of confidence like watch this documentary you know and i was like it's on amazon here's the link or whatever um to rent it so yeah that's that's really cool um that's really 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 cool uh so so yeah, we I definitely I definitely see how that movement is inspiring this movement. What what gets me though is that like there's like th wait, like 30 years in between. That's what gets me. Yeah. Or however many it is, but it's like from the 90s, was it like 1998 or something that they got that they unionized? Yeah, I think it was I think it was around 98. I can't yeah. remember the exact year. Yeah. It's definitely in the late 90s. Yeah from 1998 to 2022 and like and there hasn't been like what i would have expected is like a wave of change and like you know power dynamic switch ups and like you know the dancers have the power and like it only you know I mean, I don't want to just sound depressing because I actually have a lot of optimism, but it like, it only got worse. It got so much worse, which I guess is why we're, that's why we're here. That's Even the price here. of lap dances hasn't really changed since then. It's bizarre. No. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's gotten worse and the prices haven't even gotten better. So that's, yeah, that's, that's saying something. I'm hoping that I ho I'm hoping that we're right, that this is really like, timing is on our side with this um as far as mm -hmm. like the sort of societal perspective on sex work like i'm thinking specifically of like a few weeks ago that john oliver piece came out 
that was like, um, maybe it was like a month ago now, I don't remember, but uh, that John Oliver piece on sex work came out. And that was like, I like literally cried when I saw that because I was like, this is the first time I've seen sex work discussed with all of its nuances and like, like, and like a really like pro sex work stance on like a major mainstream platform ever. It's, it's so sad that it's so rare that we are spoken about with even a basic level of respect, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why it was so emotional for me. I was like, okay. And then, and then, and then this, like, we started kind of gaining momentum with this campaign and like, and like really feeling like we had to, to strike this match. Um, and I just remember thinking about that, like, okay, like, I think the time is right. Like, I think, I think the, you know, the sort of public, uh, the sort of like, you know, nebulous idea of the public perception of sex work. I feel like it's kind of at this place where people, people's minds are like a little bit more open than they were. And I just want to like, get in there like, and just like take advantage of the moment. Totally, totally. Um, are you able to tell our listeners a little bit about how this started? I know it's all on the Instagram page, but just to give a little recap. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was super fortunate um, to work at Star Garden, and they had employed so many awesome dancers that are now you know on the picket line with me. Um, but like it was kind of a similar thing. It was kind of just like a magical moment in time where things just sort of came together in this way where these red flags started coming up at work where it was, you know, there were no, like the, 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 the issue of like, there not being rules or like rules that are communicated in a like clear way. Like the boss never communicates with it there are two bosses it's a husband and wife and they don't communicate to the dancers like what the rules are like what are the rules of engagement with customers and like what are the rules for the customers that like what are they allowed to do what are they not allowed to do what are we allowed to do what are we not allowed to do there's literally no discussion and so um they also were very fond of hiring baby strippers probably because i'm assuming because they're easier to manipulate and you can just kind of like get away with treating them like shit. And so I sort of like found myself in this position where like, I don't think I, I don't think I was really like this before, but I don't know, maybe, maybe someone would disagree with me, but I feel like I kind of stepped into this role of being a kind of like mama bear. Like I was, I was taking the baby strippers under my wing and and a lot of us were, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even going to take credit for that because a bunch of us who had been dancing for years, found ourselves in this position, like, oh my God, these baby strippers know nothing and they're not being told anything. They don't, they have no idea like what to do. They're like, you know, and we saw them just like deer in headlights, not even know how to negotiate their boundaries. And like, so we kind of like took them under our wing and we're like, Hey, like, it's really important that you practice saying no. And like, like, like figure out what you're comfortable with and like really listen to yourself and like, don't do anything you're not comfortable with. And this, these are some fun ways to, to assert your boundaries without, you know, like, like, this is like a fun way to insert your boundary that, that, that you might not lose the sale or like that, that, that might make the customer laugh instead of get angry or so, you know, like in like a way that like, these are ways to, you know, be a stripper. (laughs) 
Yeah. And um and get and get your money, but also not be taken advantage of. Yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of that, which you know, which I didn't know at the time was sort of setting the stage for like what happened next, because then it was like we had we had like become a unit. Like me and the dancers were really close and like they would come to me and some of the other more experienced dancers for like advice or, or whatever. And so we kind of developed this relationship where like, it was very, you know, all for one and one for all, like kind of different than a lot of clubs that I've worked at that are a lot more like individualistic and more competitive. Um, and I'm, I'm always kind of seeking out the clubs that have more of a, where, where the dancers have, 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 have a better relationship to each other. Yeah. And, and this was like, this was like the best case scenario. This was like, we were there for each other. We all supported each other and we helped each other make money. Like, and there yeah. wasn't, yeah, it was like, it was really honestly like utopian. Um, okay. And it so, seems like, it seems like from my experience working at a bunch of different places that club owners and management often use like the high turnover rate and the competitive nature of dancing to like kind of keep control of the dancers and to mold new dancers to whatever it is that they want them to do and not necessarily what the law says that is their job. Exactly. Exactly. I definitely think that that is like a well-worn tactic of strip club owners and managers for sure. Because because exactly what's happening because when dancers realize that they're stronger together and that they actually have the power to stand up for themselves and especially if they can do it as a collective unit that is scary to them and it should be because like we are like the workforce of strippers is the entire industry so like as soon as strippers i don't want to sound condescending because like i think that strippers know this but as soon as there's an example and like like a like a modern a contemporary rather like a contemporary example of this happening i feel like it's going to inspire more dancers and and the dancers that maybe have been thinking about this will take it more seriously because i think now there's just like there's just a sort of like the general consensus is just like oh like nothing's going to change so like if you don't like it just go to another club because it's not going to change and like don't waste your time don't waste your energy which like i get all that but like when is enough enough i think also like it comes down to like um like the the idea of, of, of privilege as well because i think that for a lot of dancers it would be scary and like you know maybe impossible for them in their lives right now to like try to to organize and they don't have that luxury and then we just it was like a just kind of a perfect scenario kind of situation where like we all cared so much and I, I know i'm getting ahead of myself so i gotta go back and talk about like the issues but we all cared so much about like our 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 main issue the the thing that we're rallying around is safety and we all cared so much about it and about each other that it was like it was like a no-brainer that like mm -hmm. we were in a position where we could put our jobs on the line and we trusted each other to get us through this. So like setting up the stripper action funds to like have supporters like donate money so we can like give, give the money to the dancers on the line who like aren't working because they're protesting and like don't have a job right now. And like 
maybe, you know, may possibly not be hired at other clubs if they're like found out and like the other clubs are like not going to touch them if they're like blacklisted or something like that. Cause that happens too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So yeah, I probably need to backtrack again to talk about the, the, the issues, like what the red flags were, but I, I, but I, I wanted to see if you had something that you wanted to say. So before we go back to like what exactly the issues were, um, I think one of the main advantages that we all have now versus in the 90s when the lusty lady was demonstrating and organizing um, is that there are a lot more opportunities for us online and we're able to like not only get the message out a lot easier, but also there's things like OnlyFans and there's things like online shows that make it easier to like make up the lost income and how has that affected you guys? Oh yeah. I can't even believe I didn't quite put it together. That's so obvious, but yeah, that's actually, that's the, that's a brilliant reason of why, of why this is happening again. And like, it's the same, but different because yeah. Cause I definitely, well, yeah, I definitely feel like, I mean, as much as, as many problems as I have with Instagram and their sort of like haphazard enforcement of bullshit rules. Um, yeah. And their profiling of marginalized communities and, and, and all of that. However, the Instagram that we made for the stripper strike has been instrumental in the success and we're trying to use it the best that we can. We're like, you know, we have like, we have some savvy people on our team who are like making memes and like making it really fun. So people like want to share our content and like get involved. And like, I think it's been super successful. So for our listeners, what's the Instagram handle? Oh yeah. Thanks. It's a stripper strike. Noho. And NoHo is short for North Hollywood. If anyone's like out of LA <laughs> and they, it's not. I was thinking later. I was like, oh man, it's like kind of sounds like, like, like horphobic or something. Like NoHo, you know, or something. But that's just what people call North Hollywood. That's just North Hollywood. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I hope no one thinks we're like, whatever. Like we're strippers on strike and we're not hoes or something. <laughs> that's not what we're saying. Nah. Yeah. So um, let's let's maybe circle back to like what the safety concerns were that created this whole situation. Yeah, thanks. Um, so so going back to what I was saying about like that there are no rules and just kind of like I mean there are rules but no one knows what they are. You know, um, I worked at Star Garden before this ownership took over, before the, the shutdown. So it changed ownership during the shutdown. Um, and I worked for the previous business owner, um, sort of on and off for many, many years. And I knew what the rules were then because they actually followed the law. <laughs> Shocking. Um, imagine that <laughs> yeah there's like a lot of laws that are like very funny because i think just yeah i think strip club laws are just really funny like there's some you know like you can't there can there can there can't be like a topless or a nude woman within six feet of an inebriated person or whatever so like they have like a um so they have like a like a line dividing the stage like this little triangle that like 
this is for the previous ownership. Like if you could not, I mean, they would, they would, they would yell at you if you did. You couldn't cross the line if you had your top off. There was a topless club, so you could like put your top back on and then like go over to the tip rail and like talk to people or kind of like or you know like like give them a little like a closer show. And then you had to go back behind the line if you were going to take your top off again. Um, so like that was completely just thrown out the window. Like no one at this new management, they like, they don't even tell the girls that they, no one even knows what that line is. I know. Cause I was here when I had, when the previous owners were there. And the problem with that is if vice shows up, it's not just the club that gets in trouble. It's the dancers who may not even know that that's a law. Exactly. Exactly. So that, that, yeah, I mean, that is not that that's endangering the dancers on that level as well. Um, and then yeah and then just like one more example of that is like i know that the lap dances are were supposed to be um you know no contact and you had to like the dancer had to have one foot on the ground like that was like another like weird strip club rule that's like okay you know so one foot on the ground at, at all times that's complete i mean no one tells the dancers this at this new with this new ownership there's there's no acknowledgement of it and so nobody follows the rules because there's there's no rule to to break that anyone knows of but it is against the law technically so yeah all the dancers are are like are giving these like very creative sometimes slap dances like standing over the customer or just like you know throwing up legs everywhere but it's like that i i know for a fact that like that's supposed to be against the rules but again like they're no one's communicating that um so that that's part of the issue getting into more of like what made us actually feel unsafe is that the security was not empowered to help us so like i found that out really really early on with this new management because i was about to give a dance i think it was my first or my second shift when i got hired back after after the shutdown with this new management and i was hired back it was my first or second shift and I was about to give a lap dance and I went over to the security guard and I said, Hey, can you just like keep an eye on this dance? Um, this guy is like, uh, he, he kind of seems like he might be a little bit hard to control. And like, I, I just would love it if you would just like keep an eye on it just in case, like it might be fine, but like just in case. And he totally reasonable at, request. Oh yeah. And like normal. Yeah. And he looked at me and I remember, I remember feeling like, why is he looking at me so perplexed like he looked very confused and I was like weird response anyways so I like went and did my dance and that dance was actually fine the customer was like perfectly well behaved and I was like shocked I was like wow okay that that I, I thought he was like really drunk and then he was like very well behaved so after the dance I went over to the bouncer and I was like I was like oh never mind guess guess I didn't need to give you that whole like you know warning or whatever like it, it ended up being fine but thanks anyway and he was he he like he was like well just so you know like i'm not allowed to interfere what and i was like what does that even mean will you what do you mean you're the bouncer like well, you're not allowed to interfere and he was like yeah like you have to talk to the bosses are steve and jenny he's like you have to talk to steve and jenny if if like if you like if you have a problem with a lap dance and i was like what? So I heard it from the That's security absurd. guard first. Yeah. And, and, and I had never been told that by them. So like I was, I was hearing it first from, from the security guard and I thought that was really, really weird. So when we had these baby strippers come in and I was kind of like showing them and telling them like, you know, the ropes and stuff, I would, I would, I would tell them all like, 
the security won't help you if you have a problem during a dance. But if you're like really, if you're in danger, I told them, I was like, flag me down, flag me down or one of the other girls and we mm -hmm. will get you, we will help you. Just if something gets crazy, the security won't help you. I would literally, because I was worried about these girls. I was like, if you're ha like, if, if someone's not respecting your boundaries and, and you're in trouble, I was like, flag me, like, like yell for me or like so, one of the other dancers. So like, what is even the point of having security if they're not allowed to protect the dancers from the customers? Like what, what is their job? Girl, I don't know. <laughs> I've been, I've been joking that, that they should change the position title to be like, I don't have like a stand around dudes. <laughs> yeah, stand around. Well, they have one job. They have one job and it's to check IDs and pat people down at like when they walk in the door, like they pat people down for weapons All right. but, and they check their ID and that is the extent of it. And then they're like on their phones, they're doing whatever. They're not even watching the dances. They're literally not even watching. They don't even look over there. So are, are you all expected to tip out these security guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, yeah. Something that I found like sort of um, beneficial at this club actually was that for me, they they made a, they made a point that they didn't require any, there was no mandatory tip outs for anyone. And they were just like, you don't have to tip anybody out and it's fine. Like you don't have to feel like you should, or like, and, and, and a lot of the dancers wouldn't like, so that would, that, that was yeah. actually something that I have. Yeah. That's, that's something that I haven't, um, encountered anywhere. Like just like a, like a free pass, like you don't have to tip anyone and like, no, really you don't. And you don't have to feel bad about it. Like you don't have to tip anyone. Like I've never heard that. So I, I was like, Oh, cool. Well, that's, I thought that was kind of progressive when they told me that at the time when they were hiring me, they were like, we don't have a, a, you know, we don't have a stage fee or whatever, and you don't have to tip anybody out, but you, you have to pay, you, you know, you only keep half of your lap dance money is oh. that's, that's the payoff. <laughs> Okay. For them. Yeah. yeah. Or the, the drawback for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like no, no stage fee, no, no tip outs. I mean, I would always tip everyone out, but like I tipped, I tipped them like the minimum. Like I would just tip everyone like five bucks. Yeah. Just kind of like, whatever. I'm just used to it. But, but like I would, but it, it really weirded me out that the security was under the impression that they weren't allowed to intervene. And then I started seeing things happen. So then the club started to get busier. Like it was, you know, cause it was coming back for, from the shutdown and, and then they like hadn't hired enough girls. So like the customer, the customers like were sort of like slowly coming back to the club. And then like, it started to be like a good thing. And we were pulling in customers and keeping our regulars and the club started to get busier. And then, so things like would start to happen and there was just no safety protocol. Like I have seen a dancer grabbed on stage by her shoe and like dragged what? while she's on stage. Yes. What? I, I saw that and a security guard saw that too. And he did nothing, nothing. Oh my God. And the I guy was like wasted drunk and his friends had to like pull him back and like control him. They're like, dude, you can't fucking do that. Or 
he was literally bounced by his friends and our own security guards like twiddling his thumbs and i was like wow fuck so then i'm like running all around to all the girls like hey security's not doing shit that customer's out of line he just dragged that girl across the stage like don't go over there like i'm like trying to manage the situation (laughs) but like stuff like that would happen all the time and it just it, it just became intolerable yeah, I can I can see that. That sounds terrifying, actually. Yeah, it was. And like we would not be out there like protesting if it like if it wasn't just like that bad. You know, like I don't think people realize. Or like and like some customers that are just kind of like dubious and are just like, Well, how bad was it really? It's like you don't know what we go through. Like you don't know what we have to you know deal with they don't even understand how hard it is at a normal strip club yeah you know that's actually following all the rules and has good bouncers so i can't even imagine working under these conditions yeah yeah and then and then so yeah then there was a sequence of events that kind of accelerated everything so like that was happening more and more and we were just kind of like seething and trying to like you know, I was, I was seething all the time and, but I was trying not to like, just let it all out because I knew, I knew I was going to get myself in trouble. Um, fun fact, the first time that I was fired from this club was with the previous management and it was after AB5 had passed and they, the loophole that they had found, cause you know, every club finds their own unique loophole with AB5. So their loophole was we would sign our name next to a statement that said that we had been paid hourly in cash, which we hadn't, no one was getting paid. We actually had to pay the club double what we were paying before. Like the stage fees doubled, the late fees doubled, and they took more of our lap dance money. And then they made us sign our name next to a statement that said, I was paid in cash for this many hours. And I was like, I lost it one night. I was like, this is bullshit. And then I was fired. So. That's that's ridiculous. And for for the listeners that don't know, uh, AB5 was the proposition that made all independent contractors employees in California, right? Yes, yes. And I don't know if it's all independent contractors, but definitely the ones that were sort of misclassified uh, based on like, yeah, like what, what defines an independent contractor and what defines an employee and like Mm -hmm. the, the certain, the, the certain types of jobs that actually were more in line with what an employee is, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know even, even for adult film, like if I shoot for a company in California once a year, I still have to be on payroll as an employee. Wow. Yeah, it changed. It changed a lot. And it's, it's still, it's got a long way to go to be really beneficial for those of us that are like supposed to be benefiting from like better working conditions and rights. And we're actually like the most fucked as far as strippers go. Um, yeah, we kind of got fucked on that deal, but yeah, thank you for uh, explaining that. (laughs) We got this. Um, Yeah. Well, I would say we got fucked on that deal, but, but the kicker is, it is making the action that we're taking now possible. So it made things a lot worse, but it also opened the door 
for things to get yeah. better if mm -hmm. strippers band together and do it together. And if you all do choose to unionize, it makes it a lot easier yes, <laughs> to be exactly. employees. Exactly. Because and the and the lusty lady was really unique in that way because you guys were employees there. Mm -hmm. That see, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I can't talk like all of the shit on it's it, it's both ways. It's both ways. I, it, I think I think the the intention behind the proposition was really good. However, yeah, club management will always find a way to screw the dancers over. Like no matter what kind of legislation is in place, they're always going to find a way to get more money from the dancers. Yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. And I think that uh, a part of having uh, not having a code of conduct it makes it easier to fire dancers for any reason at all because mm -hmm. there's no written rules so they can make up rules as they go and be like, you broke this rule that you didn't know existed. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they can just kick you out because they don't like you or because you don't fit what they're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And what was crazy is just how stupid they are. So like they would even they would fire dancers for not selling enough lap dances because they only profit off of our lap dance. Well, because they only profit like like immediately off of our lap dances. But like what they're not taking into account is the fact that that dancer is bringing in customers and is adding to the ambience of the club and, you know, brings so much to the table. But if they're just like, oh, she's not selling enough lap dances, we're not making enough money on her back tonight, they would fire her. This literally happened. And so that was another, that was like another thing. Like all these things were like coming, like cumulatively, we were all just like seething. And then, so I, so then I was fired. And then that, that was like one of the catalysts. That was like one of three catalysts that, in my mind, I kind of categorize it like there were three things that, that happened in succession. And then it was like, okay, we can't take this anymore. So I was fired. Um, I was, I was working a night and then I stayed. So yeah, after my shift, what was over, I wanted to talk to the management um, about a safety concern that I had. And, uh, the bosses weren't there that night, but, um, the bartender was kind of acting as a manager and he kind of like fancied himself as like being on our side and like being our friend and stuff. So I felt like this might be an opportunity to like bring something to light. Um, and I was also worried that I was going to, so yeah, I was worried that I was going to get in trouble that night because I had only given lap dances to one person. Um, and he just wanted my attention all night and he was paying for it. And so that's what I did. And, and that shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> that shouldn't be a problem. What you're there to do. It shouldn't be a problem. And like, I made them so much money that night, so much money. And I regularly did. I, I was a really, really, really good earner for them. So this was like super bizarre how everything just went down. But like, that's why I think they're just stupid. Cause it's like, they really just shot themselves in the foot so many times. But like, I basically, I knew I was aware that Jenny, the boss was um, reprimanding dancers for giving this one customer so much attention and not like giving enough attention to everyone else in the room, even though he was spending the, the most money. And I don't think anyone was like, I don't think anyone was complaining like, oh, they're like, 
no one's giving me enough attention. Like, you know, we, we were, we were for the most part making, making our rounds and making everyone happy and everyone was having a good time. Like we're good at our jobs. We know what we're doing. But and as a dancer, of, it's your job to sniff out the money and go get it. <laughs> like, yes, I don't yes. see the point of not getting the money. <laughs> yes. And they had this like weird, yeah, this like micromanagey perspective of like, of like being in our business in that way that like we were expected to deprioritize our own benefits, like do something else because that's what we want for the club. So like me being with this one customer and only doing dances for this one customer was like, you know, was, was potentially going to get me in trouble. And so I was also coming to him. I had a safety concern about it because I was like, Hey, I just want you to know what, so what I was going to say, I went, I went to this bar manager person and I, I was like, Hey, I, I kind of, I want to tell you something. I was like, I was like, I'm a little bit worried that this customer is getting possessive and it's concerning me. And I brought it up because I was like, that is why I was only doing dances for him that night because he actually wouldn't let me do dances for anyone else. And he cock blocked a dance that I was going to give to another customer. He interrupted me. I had already sold a dance and I was about to go over and do the dance. And he stopped me, pulled me away from the customer and was like, no, like I'll pay you whatever you want. Just sit with me. And then I had to like, I was so, I was so awkward. And I was like, I felt like a piece of meat and it was like not a comfortable situation of just being like bought and sold. Like in that moment, you know, it was super weird. I was like, yeah. Oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. So I was like, that is not cool. Side note. I actually like talked to that customer and like he apologized and Good. you know, everything is, everything is fine. Everything is fine. But like at the time I was concerned about it because I thought that was like, not, I thought that wasn't cool. And I thought it was going to get me in trouble. So that is what I went to the, to the bar about. Um, this manager, this, whatever, this bartender acting as a manager, uh, here's me say, I, I, I'm concerned. Cause I think that this customer is getting possessive and he like leans in and like, looks me in the eyes without smiling. He's like, he's going to kill you. And I was like, what? Okay. What? <laughs> yeah. He's, and then he said it, he said it two more times. He's like, he's like, no, he's he's gonna fucking kill you like he's for sure going to kill you what the fuck (laughs) and like it freaked me out if it was a joke i didn't get it i was not on board like it wasn't funny and it obviously wasn't like a joke for me it was like a joke at my expense and like i was very i was like you already have major safety concerns and you already know that like management and the, the other staff are not going to be there to protect you or help you yeah. in any way. And then yeah. to even, even if it was just a joke, like to joke like that is just not okay. It's yeah. Oof. And it's just, yeah, there's so many, there's so many levels. There's so many levels to it because it's also like, you know, harassment, assault and murder in the, in in the sex work industry is not fucking funny because it's real, you know, like this is not, this is not a joke to anyone who, who, who does this, who is in this business. Like we actually have to be super careful and vigilant. And that's why we're supposed to be able to trust our fucking security guards to like do their job and protect us. That's the whole point. So like, okay. 
So after he said that, the security guard joins in, joins in on the fun and says, oh, yeah, actually, you know, he was talking to me about guns, the customer. He's like, yeah, he, he like wants me to take him to a gun range. He said he's like never learned how to shoot a gun. And he really wants to shoot guns. And then what? the bartender, yeah, this really happened. And then the bartender was like, oh, yeah, dude, you probably shouldn't do that because he's going to kill Reagan. This is just like this conversation is just like happening right in front of me. And then one of the other dancers who was like witnessing this was like, what the fuck? Like, don't say that to her that like. That's not funny. It's no. not acceptable in any way. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's not. Wow. And like, it almost sounds like the the bartender doesn't care <laughs> if yeah. he does murder you. <laughs> Yeah, no, it definitely didn't feel like there was any like real concern. It was just kind of like it was just some like d like dark, disgusting joke. Wow. And at my expense. Wow. And then I got ang I got angry and I brought up another safety issue, which was that they allow customers to stay after closing time and just hang out the ones that spend money. Like, no. for example, this, this customer, this customer that I had a safety concern about was frequently allowed to stay after the club was closed when we get dressed and we're like out of our personas. And it wasn't just this customer. It was other customers at, at other times, too. But they would just be like hanging around and it made the dancers uncomfortable. Yeah. And like when you're already concerned about your safety and you're already concerned about this guy in particular and to have them around like as you're getting dressed and leaving to see which car you're going to, where you're going, things like that are a serious, serious safety concern. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like in any other industry that would probably be taken more seriously, but like, I don't know. I, it, it, it felt so dehumanizing to just be like mocked. Um, and it got worse too. It was like after, so I, so I decided to bring that up. I was like, well, if you really think that, if you really think that, if you really think that I'm going to be murdered by this customer, then I don't understand why he's not kicked out at the end of the night with everyone else. And then their response was, well, what are you doing to lead him on? What? That's what he, that's what he said to me. My job, sir. I'm doing my job. I am doing my job. <laughs> that is literally my job description. The job is literally to seduce people and take their money. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, what are you doing to lead him on? I was like, oh my. And then I, so then I, 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 I yelled. I was yeah. very upset. And um, I'd probably yeah. yell too. That's, yeah, I was. Wow. Yeah, I, was, I was really, really. I was very upset by that. And then I was accused of like seeing him outside of the club, which like I hadn't seen him outside of the club. And like, that was just like another gaslighting, you know? So like, I got really angry. I yelled at him and then he apologized. He's like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't, I didn't mean that. I'm really sorry. And I was like, okay, I hear your apology. Thank you. And then I left. And then I was like, I was, I was extremely upset. I like cried on my way home. I was like, screaming i felt just like unprotected unsafe unheard like i didn't know what i was gonna do and um i yeah i felt like shit for a few days and then i was supposed to go back into work three days later was my next shift so i came to work i had like 
my makeup on. I was dressed and uh, ready to work. I pull into the parking lot and the, the boss, Steve, comes out and tells me that he's really sorry about this, but I went off on staff and I was fired. Ugh. Ugh. And they couldn't yeah. have told you that before you showed up also. I, I know. That's what I said. I was like, do you not have a phone? Like, <laughs> Saved you the time of going there? Like, getting around L.A. is hard. <laughs> I know. I know. Just, just another example of their inconsideration. Wow. But, I am so sorry that you had to go through all that. That's not acceptable by any means. And it, and it just could it just could have been a conversation. Like... I don't know why it had to escalate even like it was that I just, I'm just so, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm still just flabbergasted by the whole thing. And then, so the, the customer came in to like ask for my job back and like wanted to like help in some way. Like, cause we, cause I, cause we had like made up about it. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't mean for it to come off that way. Like I just, I just wanted you to, to make easy money and not have to deal with any other asshole, you know? And I just yeah. thought I was doing you a favor, you know? And I, and so I could see that perspective and I was like, okay, okay. You know? So then he was like, I'm going to, he's like, I feel completely responsible. I'm going to try to get your job back. So he went back to the club and like tried to see if they would like rehire me and they told him all of these crazy lies and that's when oh, it gets no. super weird they were like she laughs about you like she's mocking you behind your back like she thinks you're disgusting or something and then like, oh, said, like weird no. stuff like weird stuff like i was calling him a, like a widower or something like he's not a widower and like why would i say that but like they said all this like weird like weird lies and i was like are you trying so like, like, like in their mind, are they like trying to get me killed? That's what I thought. I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, yeah. And they shouldn't be discussing one of their dancers with a random customer at all. <laughs> like oh it was even, super weird. Even at like a, a part-time coffee shop job that management wouldn't discuss their employees with the customers like that, unless there's a immediate problem. That's insane yeah it's it seemed to me that they were trying to like it seemed to me like, like they were trying to keep him as a customer since he was such a big spender and like villainize me so that he would like forget about me and then come back to the club and just keep spending money like that i guess that's i guess that's like i'm assuming that's psychologically what they were thinking but it's so inappropriate it's and unprofessional cool. it's yes yes un inappropriate unprofessional and just mean and weird callous yeah so so yeah okay so then that happened and that kind of like sent a little shockwave because like i said before i was kind of the like mama bear stripper mm -hmm. so everyone was like what the fuck and then it kind of freaked it freaked the dancers out and then the then the, the next incident was um a customer was recording one of the one of the dancers topless on his phone and another dancer and the security doesn't do shit about any of this ever you know so a dancer came over to to like intervene and there was like an issue of like a language barrier so they got another dancer to come over and translate like you can't take the video you have to stop and then uh the boss came over and like yelled at the dancers um what and yeah 
And then like the the got like the customer was not reprimanded. The security like did nothing. And then wow. they, and then they and then they fired the dancer who 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 intervened. Um, they fired her for trying to get the video of this dancer on stage deleted. She got fired for that wow. incident. And that so that was that was that was the second thing. And then the third thing was uh a meeting that um that jenny the boss had called with all the dancers that was like right like just following this uh this incident maybe it was like the night after or something something like that i'm not sure exactly the timeline but very soon after that incident she like called a meeting with the dancers who were working on like a saturday night or something and had them in the dressing room and just like announced to them like so that there was like no confusion she's like if you have a problem you can't go to the bouncers you are not allowed to ask the security to intervene you come to me and if i'm not here you they call me on the phone like literally it was just like this bizarre overreach of just what? like what are you what are you insane what is the point of having bouncers if they don't exactly. bounce <laughs> exactly so that that was the final straw and then it was like okay we got to move on this because we don't want anyone else to get fired like we have to do this like make like like accelerate this campaign like put it on fucking speed 100 and like yeah and then things started moving yeah so and so like the the, the idea of of doing something and like and acting as acting together and doing like an action like this um the petition and then like a possible strike all of that came uh in our group chat after after I was fired, um, one of the dancers, uh, uh, Chevelle, um, she uh, just put it in the group like like we like she she asked me like what I thought about it. She's like, I think it's like now or never. Like, let's just let's just drop it. Let's just drop the idea of like unionization in this group chat and just see because like we probably have nothing to lose because like because because this is the moment and like we, we we just let's just see if 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 this like idea lands this is exactly how it starts <laughs> yeah and it was like i and i was like oh god i was like yeah i was like scared like oh my god like what are are like are the dancers just gonna think we're crazy and i like this whole group chat of like all the dancers that were working there they were like down like, let's do this. Like, we're on board. Let's, let's, let's take yes. our power back. We're ready. We're like, and it was just like, what? it was so like, it was so <laughs> energizing. Yeah. So then, yeah. So then like with, with this rule of like, oh yeah, you can't, you can't like use the security to protect yourselves. Um, then that was like, okay, like literally within like a week we were handing in that petition. It was super, super fast. Good. Was, Good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, this I, I, I don't understand why club owners and managers think that they can continue to get away with things like this. I know. And put the dancers safety in jeopardy like the uh, the main job of the club is to keep the dancers safe while they go do their jobs. I know. I, I don't understand like if there's no safety, there's no dancers. If there's no dancers, there's no club. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Put that on a sign. Exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
Like, why? Why would they not want to keep the dancers safe? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. But like that, that's how, that's how it would be all the time is like, I would be racking my brain trying to figure out how this even benefits them. Trying to figure out how this is even like, like, like to what end, like why, like all of the, you know, the rules that, 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 that put us in danger. Like, what does that get you? Like, what, what are you gaining? And then like dancers aren't making like, like for me, I just see it so clearly. Like, a, like a, a safe, happy dancer makes you more money. Like, and, and they had like such an incredible workforce. Like, like these women are powerhouses. Like we were making, we were making really, really good money. I have to say, like, I was making the best money that I have ever made in this, in my career at this club and wow. would have made a lot more. And I've been in this industry for a long time. And so like, that's saying something like this, like we were, we were making them money. And then they just like, they just shot themselves in the, in the foot over and over and over. Yep. And, and here we are now there's no club cause there's no dancers dancing. <laughs> um, yeah, there are, there are, there are a couple dancers that, that we haven't like organized yet, but we're trying to like keep the door open for them. Cause I think like, I, I have hope. I have hope, but it sucks because they have like another club down in Long Beach that they can kind of pull dancers from that are sort mm. of like outside of our network that like yeah. don't even know what's going on. So I, that's a little bit of a disadvantage, but we are, I mean, but we, I mean, we have like almost, we, we have almost all of the dancers that were working at that time mm-hmm. on, on board and who all of the customers know. So we have like a ton of customers organized because it's basically like the whole workforce that that was there and the customers go there to see the dancers they don't go there to hang out with the bouncers (laughs) like if the dancers are feeling unsafe and don't want to be there and are picketing outside then the customers that came there to see them probably are not going to hang out (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah exactly and there will there will always be a few people who either can't or won't take the time off to demonstrate with you guys um but it seems like you have the majority of people organized against this and it's uh, it's so amazing seeing you guys come together like this I like like I said coming from the lusty lady and like the unionization of the lusty lady happened for a lot of the same reasons there was there were safety concerns there was Mm -hmm. filming against Mm -hmm. people's will there was some racist business practices happening Mm -hmm. and the dancers went on strike and formed a union. And I think that you guys are on the right path and doing the right thing. And I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Like personally, I'm proud of all of you because it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful seeing you guys come together like this. Thank you. I'm really, I'm, I'm really proud of the dancers too. Like it's pretty, it's, they inspire me so much. I'm like, yeah, I'm in love. We, we really want to get them for, for, for their racist hiring practices because they haven't hired a single black dancer since they took over the club. Not a yep. single dancer, not one. And, they've, and, they, and they turn away black dancers just at the door. They don't even let them audition. So yeah, like, like- we're, we're, we're collecting like testimony and stuff to, to, to see like 
what's enough to really get them for that. But it's, it's just, it's just a hard, it's a hard thing to prove because the laws are so stripped of its like power to really hold people accountable that it's, it's hard to, it's hard to really like nail a business on that. But that's our plan, like going forward, like the more gains that, that, that we get with the stuff that we can prove and the stuff that we like, ha- yeah, ha- have the, the, the necessary hard evidence for, we're going to go as hard as we can with that. And then on the back end, we're definitely addressing that because like, that is, that is a whole other thing that is disgusting about this club. That is a whole other issue. And I'm sure the last thing these managers and owners want is a class action lawsuit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) So um, we're in an ideal world where all the dancers get exactly what they demand. um, What would the future look like? What are you guys hoping for? Oh, man. In an ideal world, I'm just going to say it. In an ideal world, they completely buckle under the pressure and they are forced to sell the club and we buy it from them. That's my, that's my ideal. (laughs) Lusty lady too. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I mean, we're like dreaming big. So like we, that is like on the table for us. Like we want that. Like that's what we're like. That's what we're hoping for. Um, but I don't know how likely that is. I don't know. I know that they like, they have other businesses and like, I don't know if we can, this isn't their only, this isn't their only source of income. So like, it might be more difficult than we, more difficult than we think to, you know, make them really like, uh, feel the financial pressure that we're trying to like squeeze. So we're, we're, we're trying to, yeah, we're, we're trying to trying different tactics to see how, how far we can push them off. Yes. Well, off I definitely wish for that for all of you. Thank you. It, uh, it would be so amazing to have the dancers running the show again. I know it's overdue. <laughs> it's overdue. Yes. Yes. Oh, is. My heart. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, it's so amazing. Hopefully, hopefully the demonstrations will turn the club into a money pit for them <laughs> and they will have no choice but to sell it. Yeah. I know. I hope so too. Like I definitely feel like it's affected its reputation and then like mm-hmm. also just keeping the customers like all of the best customers were our customers and they are outside with us on the sidewalk, like protesting and bringing us food. <laughs> good. Good. That's what, that's what we need in this world is like for customers and fans to really be that kind of supportive and like care about our safety and our concerns. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully that happens for you all. I would really like to see, the dancers running the show again. <laughs> Me too. Me too. And, and at the very least, like, I would like to see like management that gives a shit <laughs> about the people that are working for them. Why I don't is understand. That, like, the hardest thing to achieve is like strip club owners and managers are just like 
there's so many that I, that like are just cut from the same cloth. I'm just like, where do you, where, how did, what? And in any other workplace, this would absolutely not fly. Like you have to have a clearly defined code of conduct. You have to have safety protocols. Like it's obvious stuff for any workplace. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I want, I want more, more clubs run by the dancers, more clubs run by ex dancers. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, I want, I I, I want to see the whole industry the whole industry change. And I, and that's also why we're, that's why we're focusing on this like smaller club because it's, it's a lot harder to go after the big ones and the big Mm -hmm. ones control so much and they are professionals at like litigating this shit and just like getting you a settlement and getting you to go away. And like, we don't want to go away. Like we want to change things. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we're like, really like, that that's that's why it's happening at this club it's like a smaller club yeah but like i also just want to clarify because i think like the owners like sell themselves as this kind of like mom and pop sort of like business owner situation but i just want to clarify that they are millionaires and they have many businesses and like Mm -hmm. they are absolutely exploiting their dancers just like the worst ones in the corporate clubs so like don't feel bad for them yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, this kind of situation is absolutely inexcusable. <laughs> like, at, even if they were just a mom and pop that owned one strip club, like, it's inexcusable. Yeah. No yeah. matter how you look at it. And, oh, man, I am so sorry that you have to go through all this. I'm so sorry. But yeah. <laughs> you guys are doing the right thing. You're putting in the work. And I'm really proud of you. And so you. what's what's coming up in the short term for you and for the other dancers? Yeah, um, I guess short short term is just like, I mean, I feel like I'm so in this world now of like strategizing and like endless meetings of like what to do next and like, you know, different media sources that are interested in the story and like how to like, you know, use use this moment to the best of our ability. So yeah, like definitely more picketing. I think we're gonna pick it until until it until it just stops being like effective to our goals. Um mm-hmm. so right right now we're picketing Thursday, Fridays and Saturdays because those are like the the big like money days and also when like more people who aren't already organized are going to the club because like on those nights like most of our regulars are with us anyway so like there aren't that many people even coming on those like slower days so just to kind of like conserve energy a little bit uh and be able to do other types of organizing and strategizing uh where we, we've like cut it down a, a little bit so so right now we're doing thursdays fridays and saturdays and it's really fun we're doing like different themes to kind of like keep it exciting and 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 fun for us but also fun for uh our our, our allies and also fun for like the social media stuff because that mm-hmm. is really instrumental too in like getting our story heard and shared and listened to and taken seriously so how can people donate to this cause. oh yeah yeah so yeah we, we we set up the the stripper action fund um it is a link that is uh the link that's in our bio at the 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 instagram stripper strike noho 
Um, and I think there's like a bit.ly, like there's like a, I don't remember what it is though. I think it's like, it is the, like the bit.ly slash stripper strike noho, I think. Uh, but I could be wrong about that. Uh, but yeah, if you just find the, the the link in the bio, and that'll take you right to the to the action fund, and that that money goes towards the dancers um, on the picket line, uh, and some of the dancers that are not able to be on the picket line, but they're helping us in in other ways, uh, and they sign the petition and stuff like that, and they're like um, and they're in need. So yeah, we're we're sort of internally deciding, you know who who like on a basis of of need basically who needs mm -hmm. who needs the funds like more quickly and 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 like who needs more um so we're trying to be like democratic about that and then some of the money might go towards our own security because we have just been our own this 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 is the weird part is our own security guards have become hostile to the the picket line which is super weird because it's like our fight is our fight even isn't with them isn't even with them and like what did they get out of making it harder <laughs> i don't know i don't know none of it makes any sense i've been racking my brain i've been racking i don't understand i don't know what they're getting out of it like but i don't know if it's like a power trip like i'm trying to like psychoanalyze like what's going on but they they have definitely not all of them but like laughing at us making fun of us like filming us intimidating us keeping their hand on their gun calling the cops on us that was a new one last night our what? security guard called the cops on us what yeah. we're protesting for our safety inside the club and our security guards that we have worked with for a long time called the cops on us this and the cops didn't do anything because we're we're it's doing legal. it we're doing everything lawfully yeah, yeah we weren't actually breaking any laws so like in america like, you're allowed to demonstrate <laughs> yeah yeah no it's it's been insane and like it's a really weird dynamic but so we we might um we might be using some of the action fund to pay for secure security against our own security because <laughs> oh, they're like weird and like aggressive and intimidating and i don't know what's going on that's that's ridiculous <laughs> it's really weird i'm like you don't need to be like that yeah just go inside and stand there like you do <laughs> yeah but then also ironically they so they they hired extra security which they didn't have before they hired more security <laughs> and then they have all of the security outside like antagonizing us and i'm all like who's inside watching the handful of customers and the one dancer in there making sure that she's okay i'm like this is apparently it. that's not their job <laughs> like this this is like thank you for proving me right you know thank you for proving us right that's ridiculous oh that's it's ridiculous a, it's a clown show <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so for the listeners out there who may not be able to make it to the picket line in North Hollywood, um, definitely make sure you donate to the cause and help support the dancers that aren't able to work right now. And just spreading the word and not crossing a picket line <laughs> are yeah. really helpful ways that you can support this cause. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you. In the meantime, are you still doing the Cyber Clown Girls shows? We have been doing them monthly. Okay. Um, ever since things like opened back up, we, we've been kind of testing out some different ideas. We, we've done a couple of hybrid shows now that are like 
shows that are for a in real life audience as well as virtual and like cool. i think we've we've been like very successful at trying to find that balance um it is still kind of like a work in progress but we just did our second one um uh a, like a week ago and it was a fundraiser for the 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 action fund mm -hmm. and it was awesome it was super su super super successful <laughs> And like, it looked like a star garden because all of the star garden dancers were there and they, we had them all perform. And Yay. then like all of the star garden regulars were there. And it was just like, <laughs> it was a moment of like utopia. Like this is what it could be. This is what it could be. It was awesome. That's um, beautiful. Yeah. No, those take like a lot of planning and stuff. So mm -hmm. we can't do them like every month, but so I, I, we are keeping the cyber clown girl show, uh, alive, um, and doing shows like once a month is kind of where we're at, at, at the moment. So we'll definitely do one for April. I think it's going to be all virtual. Um, but you can find out more and, uh, see updates at our very heavily shadow banned Instagram. Um, that's cyber clown girls show. So at cyber clown girls show on Instagram and it's, yeah, it's really funny. Cause I don't think the stripper strike noho is shadow banned yet. So we get like <laughs> hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of like views on our stories. Good. And then cyber clown girls has like triple the amount of followers and it gets like 10 views. I swear to fucking God. It's so bizarre how the algorithms like choose what gets seen and what doesn't. So it that's another sucks. thing that allies can do to help and support is by just simply engaging with the Instagram accounts. Yes. Yeah. To help point. get the message out. Yeah. Just any, any help appreciated. Like comment, share all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then for anyone who, who, who doesn't have any context for what I'm talking about, but the cyber clown girl show is like a virtual show. So it's, it's a, we started during the pandemic, um, when all the clubs were closed. Um, it was one of many virtual shows that, that popped up and Daisy Ducati has been on one of the other virtual shows that popped yeah. up during the pandemic, which is awesome. Shout out to cool cats. Um, and uh, yeah, and then so since things opened back up, since it was such a fun expression of uh, creativity for the dancers, um, as well as a nice reprieve from being under the thumb of strip club management, and we can make our own rules. Mm -hmm. um, so it's still it's still going. So you can still see um, uh, dancers uh, kind of like going DIY and like doing shows from their, from their spaces. And, um, it's really, really fun. And it's oftentimes it's like insanely creative. So they're, they're really, really entertaining shows. Yeah. I love, I love the online shows. They're so much fun. And like, there's, there's something really fun about being able to come together with people that like may not physically be in the same place. They could be somewhere else in the world and you're just partying together in your own home and you can yes. do whatever you want. The rules are a lot different when you're at home. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's true too. And yeah, you and it's yeah, you can you can make up your own your own rules and like yeah, it's easier to it's easier to assert your boundaries, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I love that like especially during the shutdown, that was like one of the magical things about it was just like connecting to people from anywhere. Mm -hmm. It was like one of my favorite parts. It's really cool. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's stripper tips.
If you could give any one piece of advice to other dancers or sex workers, especially new baby strippers, um, what would you have to say to them? Oh, yeah. I would say, oh my God. I would say, as I have said (laughs) many times, that like only you can decide what's good for you. Um, and like in terms of sex work and in terms of like stripping, like you have to listen to yourself, um, and figure out what you're okay with and that can change. And you just have to have an ear sort of primed to your own inner voice so that you don't let things get to a place where you feel violated um and and that um you like like whatever the rules are what's more important is 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 your feelings and so like how how things are making you feel so like if if someone is following the rules but they're making you uncomfortable it's okay to acknowledge that and disengage like you don't have to feel pressured to follow through with a sale or follow through with a dance or like you know make someone feel like what they're doing is fine but it doesn't feel fine to you um i I would just say listen to yourself and listen listen to your body and listen to your heart and listen to your soul so that you just so that you just keep your head keep your head on you know um i don't know i said that kind of weird but in my mind it was going to be really inspirational and like a moment you know like no it it totally makes sense (laughs) listen to your heart Um, no, it totally makes sense. Like everybody's boundaries are completely different no matter what the rules are. And one dancer might be okay with something that another dancer isn't. And you really have to just know what your boundaries are and stick to them. And that's huge in this industry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also, okay, here's a good one. That's like a little bit more fun. So, so also if you if you have to like i would say practice practice saying no but also practice like different ways to take the burden off of you so like i would do that all the time so like it didn't work so much in a club where the bouncers literally did nothing but in a normal strip club you can be like oh honey like i would love to do that but i would definitely get in trouble and you don't want me to lose my job do you so you're you're putting it on them it's not like i don't want to do that you know and then they're gonna be like well fuck you or whatever you're like so just so you don't have to get to that point where you're feeling like asserting your own boundaries is going to like jeopardize your relationship to the customer or the sale or getting a good tip just be like oh i would love to but they have cameras and I, I don't want to get in trouble or like, oh, my friend just got in trouble for that. But I would otherwise, but I'm sorry, honey, we just can't, you know? So it's like just a good way to like mitigate. So you're still asserting your boundaries, but you're still playing into their fantasy. Yes, absolutely. That absolutely. I remember when I used to dance in San Francisco, there was one club where the champagne rooms were all upstairs and there was a one of one of the champagne rooms had a glass floor that like overlooked the other VIP rooms down down that were not hourly VIP rooms. Um, and I would always choose that one because if anything got weird, I'd be like, hey, they can see you through the floor. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I would distract them and be like, let's watch the other dancers. 
Oh, funny. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, using the idea of surveillance like sometimes helps. Like you're being it watched. It totally helps. Like, yeah, yeah. Even if it's not totally accurate. Just I know. Use just that. Yeah, just <laughs> totally use it. Like use anything you have to to keep yourself safe. Mm -hmm. Yes, your own safety absolutely comes before what management says, any amount of money. Yeah, or like what a customer thinks of you, or you know, like mm -hmm. that, that that comes way later. Yeah, <laughs> that's really <laughs> or, or not really, at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I I can't believe that that they have been so out of line. <laughs> like I I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around like all the all the laws they've broken. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot of laws. That's bizarre, bizarre. <laughs> but so. Before we go, is there anything you would like to tell our viewers or where they can find more of you? Yeah, um, I also, so I, I've, uh, I've mentioned that Instagram stripper strike, NoHo, um, the Instagram cyber clown girls show. And then my personal Instagram is janky glamour. Uh, glamour spelled with O-U-R. So it's janky glamour uh, on Instagram. And I have like a weekly show. I've been totally not doing it for the past, I don't know, like month because I've been so swamped with um, with all of this stuff. But I, I, I will eventually get back to it. But on Tuesday nights, I do a little solo show. It's my solo cyber irreverent show. Um, and I started on Instagram and then it moves to OnlyFans. So I'm also on OnlyFans. Uh, Janky Glamour is my name there. And it's just fun. It's like me chatting and dancing. I, I use like a pole in my house. I'm dancing and I dance to song requests and yeah and it's a good time and your Instagram is super cute Thank you. super cute I love it I love Thank it <laughs> now, now it's now all of a sudden it's like activism but yeah it, it was like woo pink bubbles and unicorns <laughs> <laughs> but I mean you gotta you gotta handle the important stuff and yes, this is absolutely important and yeah. I am behind you guys 100 percent and thank you. I think most of our listeners would be as well. Thank you. <laughs> so best of luck. I sincerely hope that you all get everything you're asking for. And it would be amazing to see you guys buy the club. <laughs> it would no, be so I'm beautiful. Crossing uh, all my fingers and toes. Uh, I would be there for the grand opening. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. You'd be on yes. stage, I hope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, it would be so amazing. Yeah. So I, I really hope that comes through for you all. And I hope that I, I hope that these managers learn their lesson and don't do this anywhere else. Also, I know, like, I, I know. can't imagine what their other club is going through. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Because I've been getting messages from dancers down there because they have like a full nude club that's like, has oh. private rooms and everything and like oh, it's, no. it's the same deal and I'm like horrified. Oh no, that horrified. that makes it even more dangerous. <laughs> I know. I know I'm scared for oh. those girls. Is there so is there any um effort to like reach out to the dancers for the other club? Yeah, yeah, we've we have been talking about that. We we've been trying to figure out figure out a strategy for that cuz like 
Yeah, I, I, I really, I really want, I, I wish we had someone on the inside and like, maybe we'll try to do that. That's like an, an, an idea. Um, cause like, yeah, cause, cause right now the, like the easier ideas are like, yeah, we should go down there and pick it or like, we should, but like, I just don't know. Like, I just, I just don't know if that, if that would be received well by the dancers and like doing an action on behalf of a workforce that doesn't even know yeah. what they're doing or you know it's just, if they don't like, know what's going on you're just messing up their money <laughs> yeah exactly and i i don't want to do that and so like i feel yeah i'm i'm we're definitely thinking about it and trying to see like what strategy might be the most like yeah just just what 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 would make what would make the most sense and what would be like benefiting them i mean maybe just throwing an idea out there maybe um printing up flyers and just handing them to the dancers as they come in the door yeah it's, it, it'd be quiet and wouldn't disturb the customers but at the same time it would get the information to them yeah no that is a good idea and just have, have like a have contact someone... email yeah 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 i'll have to yeah we can like plant plant someone who <laughs> who, who the management doesn't already know like yeah it couldn't be me they'd be like get that girl out of here <laughs> causing trouble again <laughs> <sighs> well i hope it all works out and thank you i really sincerely wish you all the best in this in this effort it's amazing seeing it happen <laughs> thanks daisy i love that you're a, a lusty lady i love it yes yes i love it oh and i was there at the bitter end <laughs> Oh yeah, it was a mess. Oh, I actually so we did an episode with uh, Pandora who worked there with yeah. me and talked about sort of the beginning of the end oh, and yeah. <laughs> what what went wrong there. Um, but yeah, so thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's it's awesome hearing like the whole story because I've only been getting bits and pieces from Instagram and it's it's awesome hearing the whole story and being able to get that out there so people understand why this is happening. Yeah. Thank you. So, thank you so much and we will see you next time. Awesome. Thank you, Daisy. Thank you for listening. This has been a production with Period Podcast Network. You can find out more on Instagram at Period Podcast Network, and you can follow us at Yes, a Stripper Podcast on Instagram and Yes, a Stripper Pod on Twitter. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave your feedback in the comments on YouTube. We'll see you next week. And that's on Period. Network.